Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. And this is Love to Tell the Story. It was by far my least favorite part of elementary school, and it always happened just about this time of year. Twice a week, you see, beginning in the fourth grade, there was gym class. And every spring in gym class, once the northern Maine snow had finally melted and the weather was warmer, our teacher would take us outdoors to a park across the street from school so that we could play some kind of game, usually kickball, as I recall. Now, that in and of itself wasn't bad, nor was getting to go outside on a sunny day during school hours. But, you see... This inevitably began with a schoolyard ritual that was the worst possible affront to my self-esteem. It always had to start by choosing up teams. Now, I'm sure you all did this in school, so you know the rules. Two people were chosen as team captains, in our case assigned the role by our gym teacher, and each captain would in turn choose from the rest of the kids in the class who they wanted on their team. So, if you were strong and athletic, popular, and or friends with one of the captains, you got chosen right away. But, if, like me, you were awkward and slow and most decidedly non-athletic, or, to quote the late Gene Shepard, one of the, quote, nameless, faceless rabble of victims, unquote, in the elementary school jungle, then you ended up as one of the last to be chosen, and even then you were chosen reluctantly. This was the scenario for me pretty much all through school, and though I hated it, I had pretty much accepted that my fate, in the words of that Peter, Paul, and Mary song, was usually to take up my place in right field, watching the dandelions grow. Looking back, however, I realized it wasn't always that way. Sometimes our gym teacher would purposely choose one of the non-athletes in the class to be a captain, and then it became a matter of principle that the rest of us would be chosen swiftly for that team. It made for a rather one-sided kickball game, but it was all good. And then there were times when I suspect the captain in question was at least a good sport about it, and made sure that the least weren't picked last. But I especially remember how once our gym teacher chose someone as a captain, who was in fact a kid I was hanging out with. And so, even though that kid knew firsthand just how awful I was at kickball, he still picked me first. But whatever the reason was, you see, I didn't care. I was just happy to be chosen. But even more than this, it was just so good to have a friend who would choose me. Which, when I think on it now, is actually kind of what Jesus does for us all. In what is often referred to in John's Gospel as Jesus' farewell discourses, those things that our Savior said to those closest to him in the final moments just before all the events leading up to the cross began to unfold, Jesus makes a point of saying to his disciples, and by extension saying to you and me, You are my friends. I do not call you servants any longer. I have called you friends. You did not choose me, but I chose you. It's an amazing distinction. 
especially when you consider who it was to whom Jesus was talking. Robert R. Kuswitz, the director for the Center of Christian Ethics at Baylor University, he writes that Jesus' first and closest disciples were on their best days, easily distracted from their love of God, their care for one another, and their concern for their neighbors. Some, like Judas, even grew to be wayward, rebellious, and mean. In other words, whatever else one might have to say about the disciples, I think that we can agree on the fact that they weren't exactly first-pick material. They were, in fact, pretty much a ragtag group of local fishermen, tax collectors, and a thief or two. And yet Jesus turns to all these would-be followers and not only makes it clear that he chose them, not the other way around, but also that he considered them, and us, his friends, which, which was something both unprecedented and amazing. After all, to be considered a friend was to be in a position of honor. It meant being treated as one would treat a loved one. Likewise, to be a friend meant looking out for the welfare of the other and to put the other's need on an equal footing with one's own. Moreover, in biblical parlance, to be friended or for that matter, to be a friend, was and is something that goes hand in hand with love. The Greek word used in this instance is philos, which is usually translated in English as friend, but is probably more accurately rendered as loved one, which makes it all the more interesting that the other word used for love in this particular passage is agape, that is, full, self-giving, and sacrificial love, as in no one has greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's the criteria by which Jesus calls us friend. You know, even all these years later, I still think back on those days when I'd actually be chosen, and not chosen last, to play on my friend's kickball team, and how incredibly good that felt. Granted, I was still not, to say the very least, a strong player. In fact, I somehow always managed to be the one who dropped the ball or who perennially was the one who made the third out. But in retrospect, I realized that my inability to properly play the game was far less important than the fact that I was welcomed into the game and that I'd been encouraged to be a part of it through someone who truly knew me and cared about me. But it also encouraged me to try and offer up the kind of friendship to others that had been given to me. Well, this is who Jesus is, beloved, the one who binds our hearts to his, the one who loves and forgives us our weaknesses and shortcomings, the one who tells us again and again that we should try our best to love one another in just the same way, drawing upon his strength, his hope, his love, and his spirit to empower and sustain us as we do. For he, Jesus Christ, is the one who sought us out. He's the one who chose us to be with him. He's the one who calls us friend and who calls us to the same kind of friendship with others. So might it be. And with that, friends, we're at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening. And 
And until next time, may God bless you with a great day every day. Talk to you soon.